on Sky Sports Radio. Time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Uh, Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 28th of August. Great to have you uh, tuning in to Big Sports Breakfast this morning and Sky Sports Radio. And continuing on, if you have been via our Sky Racing and Sky Sports Radio network, right across New South Wales. If you're just joining us for the first time this morning, good morning to you. What a good weekend of racing it was, a good weekend of sport. We're going to dissect all the racing across the country now in this next hour with our panel of experts of Ron Duffersey, David Gately and Chris Roots from the Sydney Morning Herald. And we've got some news coming from Chris very, very soon in relation to a couple of horses for the carnival, some international horses. We'll touch base on that very, very soon. What a big week it's going to be uh, in terms of touring around New South Wales. Last week, of course, we were in Dubbo and Parks. Well, this week, we're off to Corowa and Albury, of course, the Kosciuszko uh, tour for Racing HQ continues, and that is in support of, of course, uh, Tabcorp and Racing New South Wales as we build towards the Cosy. Your $5 tickets are available, and who knows, you could be getting your chance to own a slot in that big race and pick your horse and get to Tab Everest Day, which is going to be absolutely extraordinary there in October at Royal Ramwick. And, of course, uh, away from thoroughbred racing, it's also a massive week for the standard bred for the team at Tapcourt Park, Menangle, because it will be the first of a running of the Eureka, which is now the world's richest harness race. That will be run and won on a Saturday night, and you will have all your Eureka news this week on Sky Sports Radio. I know that we've got Mick Gearn on the program today uh, with On The Pace. That'll be around the 10.30 mark, building towards the big Saturday night here at Menangle, where the joint will be packed, and there'll be a lot of fun and activity. So uh, if you are wanting to enjoy yourself this week, don't change the dial at all because we're going to have a lot of fun. As I mentioned, some great racing on the weekend. We're going to have a look back now and talk about some of the, the hot topics that were happening on and off the track. And as I say, good morning to Ron Duffersey. Duff, hello to you, mate. Um, we saw a great San Domenico Stakes. We were all sort of watching the middle of the track. We were seeing, looking for this Godolphin horse and this Kadinsky abstract, but it was the horse of Annabelle Nations that got the job done with Libertad and uh, very, very impressive. He was, as they say, beware of the unbeaten horse, and he's still unbeaten. And, uh, well, what a ride by Schofield from the outside barrier on a day where you didn't want to be drawn wide. So uh, Feather in his cap moving forward because I would have thought he's got a lot of improvement to come, and he lifted to another level there on Saturday. So an outstanding performance, and Tom Kitten, similar. He he was uh, probably the star of the show. Uh, for a horse with his profile that can get up over further. He was powerful, he looked good, he's big and strong and uh, they'd go full steam ahead into the spring with a lot of confidence after that first up run. David Gately was on Sky Racing 1 on the weekend, one of the best seats in the house and uh, Gardy, you had your eyes cast at Rose Hill, the Valley and elsewhere and there were some great performances on the track. No, certainly right. Uh, good morning to you and, and the team there, and of course all the uh, the listeners and punters. It's um, yeah, it's building, isn't it? Uh, really nicely this um, this spring, and uh, it's always really exciting. The new season four year olds they continue to measure up well against the older horses, and of course the new three year olds. We're still just still to see a few of the elites, I think. Uh, but um, yeah, I think Tom Kitten probably was probably the run of the day. You know, in the two states um, backed up by a little poll on Twitter. The punters seem to agree. And Chris Roots from the City Morning Herald. Chris, I say good morning to you, mate. Um, obviously, we had some great performances on the weekend uh, in both Sydney and Melbourne and elsewhere. If you were having a little flutter, I mean, any performance where you get a winner is, uh, in your mind, a good performance. But off the track, there was a bit of discussion on Saturday uh, night about some of the big races and feature races for our carnival here in Sydney. And uh, another big name gets added to the Golden Eagle, I see. Yes, good morning, Dave, Duff, and Gator. Um, well, we're getting to the footing in where they're, they're getting the plane ready to come out, out here. And um, Chris Waller went over to York at the week, during the week, took, took a couple of days, went over, got on the big bird, went over. He went over for a reason because 
He's bought his um, stable clients. The Ingham's have bought Age of Kings, which won the Jersey Stakes at Royal Ascot. And um, it will be set for the Golden Eagle. And Chris liked what he saw in the Jersey Stakes. Now, it sat on the speed in the Jersey Stakes. Everything had the chance to run past them and held them by a length. So 1,400 metres down the straight at Royal Ascot up that hill. How's that equate to 1,500 metres at Rose Hill? We don't know. Form overall was, when you look back on it, the, it's had a few opportunities. So brought out of Bally Doyle. So hopefully we'll see this horse in the end to race and can make up for Fangirl making, running second last year. All right. So there, and we've got that horse added to the marketplace. So... Obviously, we're talking about a race that's uh, in November. It'll be on Saturday, the 4th of November, the Golden Eagle. Giga Kick is a $4 favourite. It's in front of Amelia's Duel at four fifty. Legado's $11. You've got Ozapenko at 11 Aft Cabin at 15 In Secret at 15 This horse, the tab have thrown in at $26. Age of Kings, $26 and $7.25 a play. So that means that from that Jersey Stakes, Chris... Uh, there's a few horses out of that race which will be targeting this event, won't they? Yeah, so Zoology's in the market already. It was a runner-up. Kieran Marbourg that after the Jersey States, thinking it was the right horse for the Golden Eagle, and it's $15. So $26 is outstanding value, isn't it, when you when you consider the runner-up who couldn't couldn't get near it in the Jersey States is 15 And any, any, anyone else, any sort of form, would have to have a little bit of $26 just <laughs> on the proviso that... Um, It'll be able to repeat that. And coming into Chris Wallace Day, we think it would. At the moment, it's with James Ferguson. And he's preparing it, going into quarantine. And then Chris will take it over, of course, when it gets to Sydney. And what about uh, the yeah, and New Endeavour as well? Uh, Gay and yeah. Adrian. Well, New Endeavours was bought by Gay and Adrian for 260,000 guineas at the Goss sale. It's been, it ran, ran second at the Britannia stakes at um, Royal Ascot, which is a which is a handicap, so not the not the group three. It's a a, a pretty big step down from um, from the group three three race there. So it's coming as well. And there's another one. Charles. Yeah, we might just we might have just lost Chris there. I mean, that's gonna it's gonna be a continued theme with this race. Uh, someone I reckon has just tried to ring Chris, and his phone's dropped out via the uh, the codec. But it's one of those things, Duff, isn't it? Um, I know we're we've got to review what's just happened, um, which obviously is important about um, you know finding winners. But this race, really, out of all the races on the the carnival that we've created, yes, the Everest has been unbelievable and a success. Yes, the Kosciuszko has its own flavour. But this Golden Eagle, we were really crying out for a four-year-old race. Uh, we've got it now, and it turns out to be one of the, the, the best races of the of the carnival across the country. It's a young race, but uh, you're right. It's the most exciting. Um, you know, the Everest is already cemented, uh, but this race is something special. Um, you've only got to look at the market and the horses that are, uh, have been in the fields the last few years to know that and just uh, look at these horses that are four-year-olds now. You know, at the top of the market, you could go right down to the, you know, the 50 to 1 chances and say, you know, it's a proper field. It's a proper field and uh, mm-hmm. although it hasn't taken shape yet, um, it's it's uh, it's going to be a masterclass of, of, of real talent. You know, if we get, imagine if we got uh, an informed Giga Kick and an informed Amelia's Jewel, you know, Aussie Penko peaking at the right time and, you know... Uh, who knows? You know, you know how, how far this Alenti is going to go. So, it's um, it's intriguing. And then you got that uh, the Queenslanders are jumping up and down about Yellow Brick and things like that. You know, but it's uh, a long way to go. But on paper, it looks outstanding. And that's not even talking about the internationals. Mm, well, we're going to see uh, Yellow Brick, of course in Wheatwood in a couple of weeks' time up there in Queensland. But that's all to, to come. Um, before we get into a review of racing as well, uh, I just wanted to get a bit international here. Duff, we've got on the line Gator and Chris Roots. We're going to go straight from here in beautiful Sydney to Japan because we saw a name that we see in our form guides regularly popping up and winning big races, Rachel King, representing Australia in an international jockey series and winning her first ever ride in Japan. She joins us now via mobile phone. Hello, Rachel. Good morning, guys. 
Great for you to join us. You, you've got to Dave Stanley, you've got Ron Duffersey, David Gately and Chris Roots on the phone. First off from me, before we get to Duff, congratulations. Um, you have ridden now in Japan for the first time. You've got your first ever winner in Japan. What was the feeling like? I know you've got that British blood in your veins and you, you no doubt um, love it uh, quite parochial when it comes to, uh, to the Brits, but... To do that representing Australia, that must make you very, very proud of, and something you'll never forget for the rest of your career. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, um, it was an incredible experience. Um, and like you said, I'm probably, I see myself as a bit of a mixture now, in, um, English and Australian, but it was, it was great to be able to go and, you know, represent um, Australia and, and get a winner um, was even better and nearly nearly got the whole series. Um, I had a little bit of bad luck in the last race, unfortunately, which probably cost me. But, um, yeah, it was good to, you know, just go and, like you said, re- represent the country um, and, and have a bit of success and, and see what it's sort of all about um, in Japan. So it was four races, Rachel, and um, you're in front coming to the last leg and, you, and uh, your horse um, obviously didn't handle that wet track in the last race there, but one point, one point, I think it was about you know uh, 60 points to 59 or whatever it was. Uh, a little frustrating, but a huge thrill, I would have, I would have thought. Yeah, it was, uh, it was frustrating. It was, well, probably even worse because um, my poor horse actually in the last um actually broke down at about the furlong and if i'd just been able to sort of hold my spot where i was i didn't even need to run a place or anything i just needed to run i think ninth or better which uh, i think i would have um i would have won so it was unfortunate and probably not a very nice way to end it but um at least look the rest of the rest of the series went really well and i got to sort of you know ride for new connections and things like that um and to still, you know, run second and um, be there in the on the leaderboard um, was a, a good experience. Three million yen for first, two million for second, and one million. Have you worked your yen out yet? Oh, I'm, about, I'm, I'm about to do that now. Let's do that now. <laughs> it's not as much as you think, but I think it's about twenty thousand. It sounds maybe. good. It sounds, it sounds beautiful. Pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And what do they do different over there? Anything different that you've picked up? Uh, yeah, the, the whole sort of setup is very different. Um, you know, just from a, a probably a jockey's room kind of point of view and weighing out and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's a very different sort of setup. Um, they get into the into the yard very early. Um, the horses sort of have to cope with a lot. So they get in there very early and they get down behind the gates very early as well. So it's, it's yeah, it's amazing. How long are we to- how long are we talking, Rachel? Like in terms of early. So, example for let's say like here at Royal Ramwick, a horse will come in. You'll obviously do your interviews with Greg. Um, you'll you'll weigh in, etc. And then those horses won't appear. What until sort of twenty twenty odd minutes before, say race two. How long? What is the turnaround in uh, in Japan? Yeah, so I think there's about 35 minutes in between races and as soon as the race prior has crossed the line, pretty much, um, the next race is, is in the yard. Like, the horses are there straight away. Jeez. So they're, they're there probably half an hour before um, the race even, you know, the start time. And then, and similar, even if you're in two consecutive races as a jockey, you sort of got to run in, way back in, basically just put your next set of colours on and go straight out because um, then the horses are leaving the yard pretty soon. so And they get down behind the gates and not sure exactly how long, but it, it, it would have to be close to 10 minutes at least that you're sort of walking around behind the gates. Um, and they, But they've got it all set up well. They have little uh, sort of coverings that um, provide a bit of shade and, and they've got misters down there. So they kind of keep the horses really cool and, and, you know, look after them as best they can considering they're out there for a long time. So it's... it's they thought of everything, um, but yeah, it's just that was probably one thing I really noticed and sort of got me thinking. God, would would you know would our horses <laughs> from Australia sort of cope with this? Before we let you go, Rachel, because we know you're still in Japan at the moment and you've obviously got to transit um, back home. Just in regards to the the speed of their races, I was watching one of the replays of your wins, and there was a horse that was well and truly out in front, and um, you were a long way off them, and that. The races seem to change complexion there very quickly, that, that final half furlong. 
Yeah, they um they go quick. It seems like they go quick no matter what what, what distance. It's uh, a lot of pressure on, um, but, but some of them just keep going. You know, some of them just keep running, so it obviously works sometimes. Um, I did sort of look up and see how far in front that one was in the race I won and thought it might be a bit of a task to try and catch it, but um, we got there luckily. Great to chat with you. Congratulations on uh, the achievement of riding there in that particular series, representing Australia, and look forward to seeing you back uh, on uh, on home uh, soil pretty soon and, and riding winners in the carnival. Thank you very much. Thanks for talking, guys. Cheers. Rachel King there joining us this morning, of course. 31,000. Uh, there you go. 3 million yen, 31,000. Well, 31,900. Um, and forty. Duff, yeah, I think I think she million. only I think she only picked up the two million. She she runs second, so she gets. Oh the, right, she got the two million. So she got a got bit something. over a bit over twenty. Yeah, pays That's expenses. Right. Pays expenses. Uh, <laughs> exactly right. Let's get into the review of racing. By the way, give us a call too. Thirteen fifty three fifty three is the open line number. Wanted plenty of calls today to to recap the big racing on the weekend. I might bring you in here, Gator. Let's start with the San Domenico Stakes because. Our eyes were on Kadinsky Abstract. We heard from Annabelle Nisham post-race that she was very impressed with the way in which he paraded and obviously, you know, she knew she had a great horse in Libertad, but the the market really started to hone in towards the Godolphin horse. Of course, it jumped favourite. We saw a big drift in the for the instructor. Uh, it drifted and, uh, well, they got the chocolates though with Libertad. What did you make overall of the San Domenico Stakes? Well, first things first, uh, Rachel's brought back some pleasant memories of um, my little sojourn to Tokyo race course on my own and had 30,000 on something. Thought I was a real punter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, 30 bucks. Uh, anyway, yeah, look, the San Domenico was a pretty hot race. And I think, um, well, a couple of things I take out of it straight away is, firstly, the rosebud form um, didn't measure up in both of the three old races, as we probably expected given the the blanket finish, but that might be a little inconclusive, but I'm still still nervous about that race. Uh, Libertad, uh, I don't think many mapped one one, so um, perfectly ridden, one well, with plenty of improvement to come. I think that's been the theme of it, uh, and the theme of most uh, who were on course, and you know, I was a long way away, but um, I certainly take that on board. Uh, Corniche, slow out, lame, forgive, file. Kodinsky, abstract, lame, forgive, file. Well, still third quickest home in the race. They probably actually ran quite well, given those little issues. Um, race has rated well. You know, they've run a, a, a really strong last 600 figure, as good athletes do, but they've done it off a good speed. They went about a length above group three average and home uh, the winner, 33-2. That's five lengths above the class average. So plenty of substance, a lot to like. Your assessment of the San Domenico Duff? Yep, yeah, similar. Um Firstly, just uh, total forgive the two favourites, uh, Kandinsky, Abstract and Kanish, wrong part of the track. Uh, didn't unfold for them very well. Uh, uh, Patton was against, so just total forgive with both of them. But the, the winner you had to be impressed with. Um, like I said, the, the, there's two horses I did not want to be on in the yard. And it's not the be all and end all. Um, just, just look at them and you say, next time, not, not today, not today. And that was Libertad and Butch Cassidy. And they've run one three. Mm. So, uh, I would expect they both got improvement. And Moravia uh, missed him on the way through, uh, winning, only winning a 900 metre maiden at, uh, at, uh, Newcastle. But geez, it was a big money, proper money for him at big odds, and he nearly delivered, and he's a lovely colt. So I think we can trust him on that form. General Salute was sensational. He had a few little hiccups in the run. And, uh, yeah, I, I say the first six across the line there are, are real players going forward. Uh, what about news come out of the race, um, uh, Chris? Because, obviously, Libertad, she was a lovely ride uh, from Chad, wasn't it, to, to get in that position and um, get the job done for Annabelle? Yeah, it was a brilliant ride, wasn't it? He, um, he was given an open book by Annabelle, um, ride it how you feel. It jumped, and Chad just pushed the button, found the, found the perfect spot, and in the end, that was the winning of the race because the horses from behind him couldn't get past him, and I thought Bush Cassidy, which was held up in the... Might have lost Chris again. We might get him back on the phone. No. What we might do is, um, I reckon, 
I'll, I'll just pull you up there, Chris, because we're having issues with your codec this morning. When I say codec, by the way, punters, it's an, it's an internet device that Chris is talking on, so it's just a technical radio term. We might re-establish Chris's line just via Nick the telephone, more direct, because uh, obviously a codec issue from Chris's end. So that's the San Domenico Stakes, and we'll come back to Chris for some news uh, on that. I want to go to the up-and-coming stakes. This horse, Tom Kitten... Boy, oh boy, uh, I love the quote too, Duff, from Nash, how after the race he said, he's the type of horse we'll never get to the bottom, we'll never get to the bottom of, he's got gears. That's a big rap from Nash. Yeah, it certainly is, and um, even James is speaking highly of him as well, so what angle do they take? You know, what angle do they take? He, he, there's so many options for a horse like him. Um, I... I think it's going to be tough for them to keep him fresh enough for the, you know, the Golden Rose, but it's still an option for him. He looks more like a champion stakes type of horse. Um, there's lots of angles, whether it's Sydney or Melbourne, um, with him, and I think they'll be um, leaving everything on the table uh, for the time being. And like I said, he, he, he just uh, those big loping strides he put in there. Uh, are the sign of a good horse, and he is, you know, he, he had good two-year-old form, winning the Fernhill, but I think he's just gone to that next level this preparation to do what he did there first up. Uh, the stable mates were terrific there, uh, Kintyre and and Capu, just yeah. had a switch course. He, he he's a really nice horse. Um, you know, he's, he may be still a maiden, but um, he is very talented. And my take, as far as the future is concerned, is is uh, Ducasse. He's another one held up, never really balanced. Nice horse. And I can't wait to him to you know get to fourteen hundred, maybe a mile, uh, because he's got he's a very talented horse. I think. All right, I'll come back to you here, Chris Roots. Just some news, uh, wrapping up that news on the San Domenico and also the up and coming, mate. Yeah, um, straight after straight after the race, um, Michael Friedman got a phone call from Melbourne jockey saying, "Just bring Moravia down here, and it'll be it'll be going, it'll be winning." So there's already a push from Melbourne to get it down to Melbourne. It was the same after Ducas in the um, in the up and coming. It was um, it was a, the same jockey rang and said, "I'll ride that as well." Um, can we tell Obviously, the jockey? Can we name can we, the jockey? No. no can we just tell the jockey to come to Sydney and ride it if he wants yeah. to ride it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it'd, <laughs> it'd be worth a little bit more money to him in Sydney rather than running for the running for the money down there. Michael hasn't decided on the next run for either of those. He's, he 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 might go to run to the race with Moravia, but he might just give it a uh, drop it back in grade just to get a win, another win. He said it just lacks racecraft at the moment. That's probably what cost it victory on the weekend. So he might look to just take on something a little bit easier. He's not quite sure whether it'll get seven of the golden rows. So um, he might look later in the spring to a race like the Cornwall will fit. Um, Ducas, well, hasn't hit been unlucky. Three starts, three absolutely luckless runs. It'll um, probably end up in a Ming Dynasty or something like that. And um, it's one to watch. I think it's, it's the horse t- going forward out of the day that you can take it. Other than the winner, of course, Tom Kidden, which will follow the traditional path to the um, spring champion. And I think Joe's come and hinted that a uh, race like the Fox Plate wouldn't be out of question for it if it keeps improving. All right. Uh, a couple of texts on the text line. Uh, I want to turn your attention to race three guys on the card before we um, head to the valley. Uh, Fujita San. Um, I'll tell you what, Duff. I mean, I was on, I'm talking through my pocket here looking for sort of runs here and there, knocking on the door, this horse, knocking on the door big time. He's ready now. He's had his two runs back. He, we all saw the trial before he resumed, and then he was unfancied in the market, so then you thought, OK, maybe not ready. And then he backed it up with a, an unlucky run there, and, uh, yep, he's ready. to. He, he's ready. If he arrives in one of these 1,578 in the next couple of weeks, he'll be... He'll be very hard to beat, but you won't be getting that price again. But the winner's a nice horse, Marquess. I'm, he's a very interesting horse um, as far as he looks like a horse that will uh, get over ground. He's got a pedigree to say that he'll get over ground. And um, although a narrow win, I think we're going to hear more about him as well. What did you make of that third event, Gator? Yeah, I think there's certainly a lot to take out of the race. Uh, I agree, Reef Sand just needs to the tracks to remain dry and... 
both runs since Ben Gelder have been sneaky, um, sneaky good runs, haven't they? Eleven eighteen last two hundred is good going. Uh, Grass Australia, uh, not sure what happened as a yearling. Obviously walked under a ladder or something. Um, but uh, just forever luckless. The winner has a nice future. I know the, the win wasn't too dominant, um, and nor was the time sensational, but uh, just had so much scope. And um, that's pretty much the race. Those first four put a gap on the rest. They certainly did, didn't they? Um, your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, um, Mark was um, one of these good Olsen, good Olsen geldings that just keeps winning. So um, it's um, looking at a big dance. It'll go to Bathurst for the Bathurst Cup to try wow. and qualify for the big da- dance, I think you'll find. And, um, you know, just finding the right... James is brilliant at finding the right races for these horses and obviously had this on the back of his mind when it come back. It's now got the double hat-trick as James... James that on the weekend, they okay. um, four wins in a row. Um, the Gina Sand, very good. It's it's just one of those horses that you know you you, you wish it could could have done it when the value was in it, but the, it's got it's gone enormous, and it'll be the hard to beat hard to beat wherever it goes next time. Gee, there you go. There's a trivia question. When was the last time Godolphin ever had a runner at Dubbo? Uh, Bathurst in colours. A uh, Bathurst, sorry. Uh, yeah, well, that's one for the Bathurst trivia. Bathurst or Dubbo. Uh, I think Bathurst is eighteen hundred, does. Okay, and when's eighteen hundred for Bathurst and Dubbo soon as well, isn't it? In September, yeah. it's a mile at um, at Dubbo. At so there's two couple of big cups coming up for, but there you go. Yeah, so when was the last time we saw a Godolphin horse at Bathurst in their colours? I'm sure we've seen some that have been sold, but there you go. Yeah, well, James did point out that he did qualify one through the Mudgy Cup, and it's been sold to. Kim Wall's got it now, and the name just escapes me at the moment. It, it won a race the other day, and it's heading towards the little dance, probably, because it's, its rating's just not quite there for the big dance yet. Yeah, OK. Uh, now, tell us about this flying machine, Gator, uh, which won the five furlong race at the Valley uh, for Daniel and Ben Pierce with Craig Williams on board. How do we say his name? Acro, Acromentula? Sounds good enough to me. Um, I think the only point of having a language is so people understand what you're saying, so that's fine. Um, went straight to the front, this horse, ran along, didn't loaf at all, five lengths above average, just kept on running, ran over 10 lengths above average time, near 57 flat home, 33.8 off a strong speed, and an 11.64 last uh, 200, despite you know a quick speed. I know it was a 1,000 metre race, but still, you're not often running along at speed and you're still in the top uh, five last 600 sectionals, are you? So... A uh, lot of merit, uh, even alone for the track pattern. It was a great day to be a leader um, and, and on the rail. But I think the win had a lot of merit. Backed up on the clock. Hypothetical, terrific in defeat. Home 11-4-0, so really uh, found the line. And they beat the third horse clearly as well. Yeah, so so we suggesting another leader's day there at the Valley or advantageous to be on speed? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah. On speed, saving ground, uh, you know. It was... Um, not as savage as a month ago with the five-metre rail, so we'll just call it bias rather than savagely bias. <laughs> um, what do you, like, Gator, what do you do for your data and, and oh, I guess, your database when, when, when that's the case? I mean, do you, do you then sort of go, do, do you go searching for those horses that um, were back in the pack that sort of made slight ground in the day, or is it all just, just throw it into chaos for you? Um, no, the former, but but let them come to you. Don't go looking for them for no yeah, reason. I, I mean, you know, it's not just holding your ground out there. And um, but if they're defying the pattern of the race on any day, um, and the pattern of the day, I think history tells you <laughs> that they tend to perform better on a level playing field, and often um, they're over their true odds of winning as well. So look, there are uh, you know, there's there's generally. Um, silver lining um, with uh, track patterns in the review, and they're often the meetings that I enjoy the most doing the review outside of you know proper Group One racing, of course. But um, for that reason, that you can find some some gems, I think. Uh, just a quick comment before we get to Sean, who's on line one on uh, the track there at Rose Hill. How did we think it played, Duff? Um, any particular pattern that formed? It was down. Was it down the centre? Was no, it no. a couple of lanes? No, it seemed like, it seemed like they were winning from everywhere. No, no, no. no. I, I think it was a distinct advantage to be on the inside. Um, 
I yeah, I'm convinced of that. A lot of horses okay. drew in a lot of winners drew inside barriers or found the fence and and if they did come out wide they had but they were only peeling down the straight. So I know I'd be I'd be looking for horses to follow that were three wide making ground out wide, you just give them, you know, a, a huge bonus there on So Saturday. that means the the win of Tom Kitten was then huge. I, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. You know, he he'd only peeled around the turn but he, he uh, there was a lot of merit in considering circumstances. The way I'm looking, and everyone looks at it different, mm. uh, but I think it was, uh, you know, you had to be in close there. Yeah. Well, we saw that <laughs> which, with... is, which is normal on a, on a, yeah. a six-metre rail at Rose Hill. We, we, which we, we saw a... with, yeah, Electrica maybe. I mean, I, I, I know that for a fact the stable with Electrica, they were, you know, sort of keen, but worried about the trip. That in hundred, uh, obviously parting of the seas there. Lovely ride by Jace gets through, but swap positions with the second horse and probably doesn't win. So you know, very interesting. Yep, yeah, I, I think so. Some some people may say fair, but not me. It was it was definitely an advantage to be on the fence to the to the turn, and and then you didn't want to really get out off too far off the. You couldn't be too far off the fence. Like if you got out. Five and six wide, you just couldn't make ground. The, the horses on the fence had too much advantage to get to the place. To those outside runs, you had to work too hard to get there. So that was the that was the pattern. And I think at one point it was seven of eight winners had been on the fence, and it's it's just it's just the way the the race the races were were run, and um, you couldn't couldn't really make ground from the back. So that's why the two favourites in the San Domenico were uh, a good. And that horse of Godolphin's was Camagoites with um, Tim Warren now, thanks to Dave Murray from Godolphin's sending me that. Just look at the winners, you know, like Melody again, Barrier 4, Wineglass Bay, Barrier 1, Marquess, Barrier 1, Electrica found the fence from Barrier 2, Extravagant Star found in close from Barrier 3, How Good Are You, Led um, from Barrier 7, Tom Kitten, Barrier 3, uh, Libertad just got a genius ride from an outside draw, and um, you, you could, you know, Vernelli uh, crossed from a wide draw outside the leader, yep, yep. And Diamond Dealer, you know, drawn in close, and and the market. I think the pros were betting that way as well. So as everything drawn in close was firming late in the day by the pros. Yeah, and Diamond Dealer was an example of it. It just it was the one they wanted in the last. Yep. All right, so let's get to Sean, who's on the line now. G'day, Sean. Morning, guys. How are we? Thanks for being patient, mate. What have you got? Yeah, I want I want the Gator. Um, I've been following a horse just for a personal reason called See You in Heaven, trained by Shantel and Richard Jolly. Now I think its main target this spring will be the um, the Empire Rose. Do you have any idea before that? Before there? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, look, I'm not sure what the lead-up plan is, but obviously she's had two runs back, and both have been um, excellent, really, haven't they? Uh, she absolutely. She looked home on Saturday, but she was run down by a well-back Sione. Um, Sabbath to excel was third. You know, he's a proper, you know, second-level group horse. And she actually beat him first up, didn't she, covering ground. So, look, she's come back in great order. Um, we know she'll, uh, she'll be strong at, at 1,400 at least. Um, so, yeah, look, nice mare. Obviously, as you get to races like the Empire Rose, there's, there's not too many, there's not anywhere to hide. You know, all the elite mares go there, so you've got to be pretty damn good. Uh, I think she's about twenty to one in the market. Yeah, I, I don't have a market in front of me, but um, as, as uh, Empire say, Rose twenty five to one. Such a, yeah, becomes such a good race. Twenty six dollars. Beautiful. Thanks, Sean. I think he's already gone to get on the tab app and bend it up. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. Nine forty three. Give us a call right now if you've got a question for our panel. I'm sure there's a few out there that do. 135353 is the open line number. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Barry is our first caller as we welcome you back from the break on Punter's Postmortem. Ron Doversy, David Gately and Chris Roots this morning. G'day, Barry. How are you, boys? I, I just want to send a cheerio uh, thank you call to Wyong Race Club. Uh, yes. My wife passed away 12 months ago and they put a race on on the 3rd of uh, August in her honour. And uh, I, I've been trying to get on to you people to, you know, to let you know to thank Wyong Race Club for 
doing that and also thank the Wyong trainers that nominated in that race at, in memory of my lovely wife. What was your last name, Barry? Um, um, uh, my name is Barry Gale. Yes. Uh, and I do voluntary work at Wyong Race. I'm a member of Wyong and I do voluntary work with Beaver Stephen Schofield at the, at the stables. And, uh, yeah, they, and my wife had a saying, I love you to the moon and back, and they called it to the moon and back in memory of Lynn Gale. But I just wanted to put that out there and thank Wyong Race Club for what they've done for me and my family. That's lovely. Barry, that is a beautiful call, mate. Uh, thank you so much for ringing up and sharing that with us, mate. I appreciate it. And well done to the Wyong Race Club. They had a great day there yesterday up there, and I know that uh, they'll have a, a big meeting or a big couple of days uh, coming up, obviously, with their cup meeting, mate, and look after yourself. Yeah, I couldn't go yesterday because I had to go and watch me uh, grandson play in his grand final football, so... Did he win? Yeah, yeah, yeah they had a, had a victory, yeah. Fantastic, mate. Thanks so much for your call. Appreciate that, Barry. Me call. I listen all the time to you guys. I go back a long way. Oh, Champion. 78. Oh, mate, you've still got plenty left. Don't worry about that. appreciate your call. That's a beautiful call. Thank you very, very much for that. Um, appreciate that. 13.53.53 is the open line number. Now, obviously, we had the stallion parades, gents, up there in the Hunter Valley on the weekend. Did, did anyone pop up to the Hunter at all? No, too hard for me working Sunday and uh, Saturday, obviously, races, but I'm Get sure... Get the chopper out, Duff. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, they used to send them down for me, but uh, they, they used to send them... Dropped the, off. The, yeah. <laughs> dropped they used off. To, they dropped off the plane for the press. They, you know, they used to take all the press up there and have a, have a media day. It used to be great fun, but well, obviously they're not earning enough money these days. Now, I've got... Uh, you know that, uh, boys, I've fallen in love with a horse, and it's not hard. I fall in love with a horse every week, but uh, I'm waiting for, for Rudy here to chime in. There's a horse called What You Need. Now, we're going to see this horse kickstart its campaign very, very soon for Mick Price and Mick Kent Jr., and it's, he's three from three. They're trying to get this horse, obviously, in the Everest, uh, but uh, at a... I can tell you, with some spies on the ground at... Widden. And obviously, you know, um, you're there promoting, obviously, a stallion in Cepedo. Uh, but Mick Kent Jr. said to the crowd there that, um, look, obviously had involvement with Cepedo and this particular horse. But this bloke, what you need, would give the old man Winburn. Uh, that was the uh, the comment. And obviously, they're going to try and get this horse showcased into an Everest. Have you got any more Everest news for us, Chris? I think everyone's sitting back and waiting at the moment, so we'll just um, we'll, we'll wait to see what you need. Need step up into an open grade race and and we'll see whether, whether we can carry the Dave Dave Stanley jinx on it. You know, you've, you've already <laughs> yeah, got, I know. you've already stopped a few, and um, I think I wish our wins got that honour as well. So those two you've taken care of in the Everest. Well, that's well. I don't know if I've stopped. I wish I win uh, at all. I think uh, the uh, the team in New Zealand they'd be wrapped with how they're going. Of course, that's the Memsey this weekend where we get to see I wish I win clash with Mister Brightside in that Prenoms Market, Alligator Blood, and Avisto's there, Cascadian, Ozapenko. It'll be very interesting to see Gator which horses go what way because we're going to see that sort of maybe a split of Sydney. Um, in terms of we had the Wink Stakes, will some of those horses appear in the Memsey? Will we see other horses head down from Sydney? And I guess all that form starting to melt together. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it's really exciting, isn't it? Look, listening, to, listening to the depth of those nominations uh, for a race like the Memsey um, is exciting. Uh, I haven't checked the weather radar, but they get it right most of the time. So I'll have a look and, and they'll nail that. Um, but uh, obviously, uh, you know, a dry track for a horse like I Wish I Win, First up at 1,400, uh, Alligator Blood. You'll have pressure, and Avisto's there, and um, no, fabulous contest is shaping. As What You Need did jump out recently with Giga Kick. Um, Giga Kick went straight by him, but look, none of them are under pressure, so I'm not sure what to make of it. But um, oh, I thought he jumped out well without raving. Yeah. Um, Princess Grace probably heading down there, Chris Wallace said on Saturday for, for that race after running second in the wings. So um, he said he'll have one, maybe two, but um, she's the she's the main one. Mm, that's interesting because I think the big three are running there, uh, Mr. Brightside. Mm. I wish I win an alligator blood. That is just a, a race in itself, to tell you the truth. And I couldn't, yeah. 
I couldn't even find Princess Grace in the market. Um, she wasn't there. Stuff. Yeah, well, I, was, I was sort of gonna, going down to the 50 to 1, ready to press the button there for a minute, <laughs> but she's not there. <laughs> um, let's get to our next caller, Nick. I think we've got on the line um, Robert. G'day, Robert. G'day, Dave. How are you going? Very good, mate. Love the show. Um, what I wanted to say was the on Friday and Saturday, the HQ multi and then the behind the gates multi, they both picked the same horses. So both multis were exactly the same, were they? Yeah, exactly that's the right, same. because it went down. Okay, that's interesting. Is there well, any that's... way that they can, they can the behind the gates can check on the Fridays one that they don't pick exactly the same again? Well, they used yeah. to say that they, they used to say they'd um, look at ours and then not go the same way. But I think <laughs> Luke Luke definitely has to go the same way because he can't have two bites of the cherry. So he 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 tends to take the same horse. But I didn't hear them on Saturday morning on the way to the races. I was actually on the phone, so um, um, it's just one of those things that it's. A, I don't know what price they got, but I know it went the hours went down. So it was a, a disappointing day for punters. They got 50 cents more than the Friday. Okay. But it went down, so still confetti. All right. Uh, appreciate the call. That's interesting. I'll raise that with Marlo. Maybe they do have to be different um, for our punters. I Although there would be some there Baron, punters Baron that would listen on a Saturday that might listen on a Friday because of work commitments, etc. Sorry, Chris. I think Darren said one day, he said, look, I, that was in the one yesterday, so I didn't put it in. So it's might have changed it. Okay, all right. Um, Mark's our next caller. G'day, Mark. G'day, Dave. G'day, boys. How are we? What have you found for us at Ruakaka? No, Ruakaka, mate. Found one last Wednesday that I spoke to you about, about three weeks ago. We gave it called Poison Chalice, the one at Sandown. I don't know if you watched the race, and, um, but it was a huge win. And uh, I know he's nominated for the Cox Plate, but he's win on Sandown. He gave him a start and a beat, and it blew in the market. And uh, he got up, and I just wondering with Gator, because he, he didn't see that at the time when it won its start before. He's going to watch it when he got home because his friends had texted him about this horse. So I was just wondering what Gator thought about its run. Yeah, no, I, um, I thought the win, uh, A, at Geelong was exceptional off a standing start. Um, yep. He was virtually put on his haunches and virtually stopped, picked up and still beat them. It was extraordinary, really. Um, he yep. went to Sandown in the race you referenced, um, and based on what I saw and your advice, I tipped him uh, <laughs> at Sandown, um, and uh, I think it was my last winner. But uh, look, he um, he was terrific again, uh, off a moderate speed, um, cluttered up, worked through, beat a decent field. The second or third horse mm. in that race has got a nice uh, future as well, Brazen Kingdom. Um, yep. But he but his, his last 600 figure, he broke 34 seconds, so about seven lengths above average, so... Um, gee, I wonder what he could do if he ever sees clear running from the 600, this horse. Uh, exactly. It's very, very scary. You're, and so you're, not you him for a, you're not backing for a Cox Plate, though, are you, Mark? Feed income. No way in the world. <laughs> no. Kilos? No, Dave. No, Dave. No, well, you mentioned betting. Cox Plate market, and I thought, Feed income, Mark. I mean, what, what, is, what are you, what are you on? I'm, it's I'm, often a good indication that they like the horses they're nominating for those big races when they're No, I've right. learnt that lesson. I've, I've learnt that lesson from Richard and Will. You have to have them in. I don't know why they have to have these nominations in so uh, so early. That's a story for now. I'm sure every trainer in Australia would agree with me there and also the cost of the nomination fee. Like, why, why do we have to have nominations in so early? And the so, we don't bet in the so, pre, so we don't bet in the pre-noms markets and we and and if you back one at the you lose your money. Mm, like the hell. Epsom 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 comes out um next week, I think you've got to have your Epsom and Metropolitan mark um, yeah. noms in, so I see that horse poison chalice is under a suspension at the moment. Uh, he's not to race until they produce some vet certificate. So maybe he pulled oh. up a little bit maybe he pulled up a bit lame after the other day. And the two favourites on Saturday have got the same thing over them. They've got to, they've got to have a vets before they, they race them, so one and five. Lane. Okay. So yeah. Kendinsky Ma- and um, Cornish. Mark, do we know what happened with that horse, uh, Nay Hey Hey, that one you were mentioning? Uh, well, I did, they took it to uh, a provincial meeting because they scratched on the day that, that I liked it. And uh, I just think it might have just didn't handle the ground or, or something. It was a really poor run. It was heavily backed that day. 
And I see Ben Britt and the trainer has spelled it or given it a break. So it's a horse that's just, when it won that first start, and these are the horses that I ring up about. And you watch them and you say, how did you win that race? Those are the ones that got to get me excited that I actually come on the radio and talk about. And there was one before I go, if I could, the duck, you need to look at this horse that won yesterday at the, at the Sunshine Coast. Mm-hmm. This is a horse that uh, only had two starts by Stuart Kendrick. Won the first race yesterday called Show Me Mercy. Now, at its first start when it won, it beat a horse that's come out and won its next four starts, including the jewel up in Queensland, called Mashani Raider. This thing had a barrow trial last Tuesday. They backed it up on yesterday at the Sunshine Coast. And you could have got black, black odds in the doll 35. And where I thought it might have been outside the lead or leading, it missed the start, come from second last, and just said, ta da, a 200 metre serious horse, mate, just for you to have a look at. We need spare time, mate. Okay. Well, Show well, me this. Okay. He's only had two Perfect. starts. It's by a Stern, who's doing a really good job, though. He is doing. Coming, coming out from everywhere. Um, so yeah, we'll have a look. Exactly. Uh, just to uh, reiterate, uh, Nick Kunyak, who's our panel op today, and producing in there with Tanya. Uh, they went back and had a look at the uh, the audio from Saturday. Now, the behind-the-gates multi was completely different bar Luke Marlowe's leg. And the reason, obviously, Luke has the same leg is because what he tips on a Friday, he's going to also tip on the Saturday. So the other three legs were completely different. Take note. So we got that one uh, done. Here's a random text on the text line. I don't know... Uh, uh, if this is true or not true, Danny O'Brien has a very good French import going to the Dubbo Cup, um, who is currently high up in Caulfield Cup markets. There's no name either for the texter or which horse it is. Um, but from chatting with Sam Fitzgerald from the Dubbo Turf Club last week when I was there, they're very excited about their cup meeting in September. And they're expecting a really strong field. They're expecting horses from all over the place to head to, towards Dubbo. So that would be interesting if, if they need to go there. Well, I don't know if you guys know off the top of your head, or maybe even that texter listening could text in the name of the horse that possibly might be going that way. Um, where is Ajita going? Ajita was a good winner there in the uh, the last at Kembla on Saturday. Not sure where David Payne is going, but... That's the one thing about this time of year, isn't it, Duff? Um, the, use, the provincial meetings are throwing up some nice horses as well. Uh, yeah, knowing David Payne, it'd be staying races with him. Uh, so, yeah, a uh, bit of a wrap on him. So we'll going, to the, going to the spring champion and the derby. Oh, well, there you go. Um, he's by How he gets there, I don't he gets know. there yeah. we don't know, but he's... Um, I know David's got a big rap on it, and um, seven dollars is added to the odds on Saturday. Oh, did you blast out, Chris? I love it when you say when you when you give a price. <laughs> no, that was it was it was very it was very. Don't very worry, Leanne's well not listening. It's <laughs> not listening. It's okay. It was very well received in the press room. I think Mitch Cullen as well was a, a, oh, another one who, who who got out on it. Texter on the text line here saying that horse that might be going to Dubbo is a horse called Carini. Now, that would be really interesting if Carini went to Dubbo for the Dubbo Cup, of course. Big prize money on offer there. Um, Carini is the horse, of course, we saw of the Danny O'Brien team in those Yes Bloodstock colours, in those um, those colours of Aussie Kahir, etc., that uh, raced behind Amenable the other day there at Caulfield in that benchmark 84, so... Um, back I, that day too. Yeah, it was, it was. It was. I think it was 7 into 5.50, Shin Road, and it even was, I think, higher in markets when markets first opened. Amenable was enormous that day too um, for Mick Price and Mick Kent Jr. with Frosty on board. So that just shows, I guess, what this sort of big dance uh, lure <laughs> and also the opportunity to of these country cups, they're just... Going up a little notch, aren't they, Duff? Oh yes, uh, no doubt about it. And you look, know, some may say it's put on for the city trainers, but you have a look at the horses qualified so far. I think there's more bush horses qualified 
than there are city horses. So, you know, it's, it's uh, and there's, like you say, it's not just the big dance. Some, some want to get in the little dance uh, because mm. it's their, their better place. And the barn there. dance. Don't forget well, the barn forget, dance as well. Don't forget the barn dance, yes. Oh, I forgot that. Oh, I didn't even know about the barn dance. <laughs> I didn't we, either. I spoke, I spoke with Peter last week, Peter Volandis. On Thursday, and Peter said, "Mate, the barn dance as well on uh, on Saturdays on that." Uh, that's the that's that the old there for the that's George the to get the Cosy Oscar horses another another chance of uh, yeah. another bottle of cherry. So yeah. we're gonna get so we're gonna get like an open class sprint, aren't we, on that uh, yeah. that race day? Very well designed. Let's uh, get some horses to follow, boys, because it is currently one minute past ten. I might start with you, Gator. What's your horses to follow for the weekend? Yeah, look, I've got uh, two in each state again. So uh, Right to Party was one of those horses that was excellent against the pattern at the Valley and was well-backed. Um, might be a nice horse. Cracky Jack Prince is flying. May well have won that race with luck. And a couple out of the same race in Sydney, Rosita. Uh, impossible to miss in Brosnan. I love the way they both went through the line. Again, against the pattern. Duff? Yep, I am with uh, Ducasse. Um, with uh, Ducasse in for Park. Uh, Watley gets to a big track and a normal rail, maybe. Um, he, he's, he's setting up for something, that horse of Chris Leeser's. And one out of the highway, who was a little sneaky go, it had no form. It'll be just winning if it you know, finds a race at home. Well, you'll find out. If you're going to Albury and see Donna Scott, Shep, a snap book. Um, it was a little sneaky go, and against the bias, he was uh, terrific there on Saturday, I thought. So okay. keep an eye out for him back in the bush. I do. On Thursday morning, uh, sorry, yeah, Thursday morning, I'll have Donna Scott and Mitch Beer on the program and Ron Stubbs. So they'll have a bit of a strong hand when it comes to Cozzy. There was a good horse of Donna's. I tell you, you want we, we talk about good goes when we talk about with Mark and whatnot. Um, there was a good go recently um, in, where was it? Uh, it was the Narendra meeting. And uh, it was very, very well backed. I think it was called Arthur the Great. Mm-hmm. Have a look at it, Duff. It was as much as 6.50 into $2 for you. They kept backing it. You'll never see a horse just get an easier lead, not attacked, sprinted away. It, the whole country was yahooing. So uh, it, was, uh, it was a good old sting. Okay, I'll have a look. Yeah, have a look. You'll have a chuckle. Um, what about you, Chris? What have you got for us? Um, well, Duff, I'm with you with Ducasse, and I'm with um, Gator with Brosman, back at Gelding, unsuitable trip, savage the line, wait till it gets to a mile, it'll be winning, winning a nice race. And Timmy Martin had won in the first day called Miss Batcher, never, ever got out to the 50-metre mark, and then Hippo gave it a little squeeze, and it just spurred it. it, it it'll be winning a highway, and you can guarantee to me you'll find the right one for it. I love it, gents. Uh, great uh, week ahead of racing, of course. We mentioned the Memsey before in New South Wales. Uh, this week we go to Royal Randwick. What about this? The Concord Stakes at Group 3 level. So in this Concord, we're going to see a number of horses line up that may... Uh, attack that uh, Tab Everest. We've got the Chelmsford at Group 2 over a mile, the Tramway at 1,400, the Furious Stakes at uh, the 1,200. We've got the Tats uh, Club Cup listed at 2,400. That's uh, our uh, main entree or mains uh, there when it comes to racing in Sydney. And then down in Melbourne, we go to Caulfield, where we've got, of course, the McNeil. We've got the uh, the Memsey, which I mentioned over the 1,400. Uh, we've got the Heather Lyle, the Cochrane. So good racing in both states and right across the country. Looking forward to it, gents. We'll chat next Monday. See you, guys. See you, Dave. Yeah.